ఓం నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ ఓం నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ ఓం నమో భగవతే వాసుదేవాయ కృష్ణవాణం త్రిషాకృష్ణం సంగోపాంగాస్త్రపార్షదం యజ్ఞాయి సంకీర్తన ప్రాయాయ్యజంతి సుమేధస దిస్ ఈస్ ఎ వెల్ నోన్ వర్స్ ఫ్రమ్ ది ఎలెవెన్త్ కంటో ఆఫ్ శ్రీమద్ భాగవతం It's well known among the followers of Srila Prabhupada and in general among Gauriya Vaishnavas because it is the verse which more than any other in Srimad Bhagavatam, the most important Shastra, indicates Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That's one reason. <clears throat> And another reason that we know it well, of course, is that Srila Prabhupada often quoted it. So the translation of this verse is that Krishna Varnam this means in the category of This can mean several things, but it's translated as being Krishna, or being in the category of Krishna, or pronouncing the name Krishna. And so Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, and he pronounces the name of Krishna. And his bodily complexion is not Krishna. not black. It's Krishna, but he doesn't look like Krishna. He's accompanied by his associates, subaltern associates, his uh, weapons, which the Acharyas explains means his beauty is his main weapon. And people in Kali Yoga who have sufficient brain substance, to use Srila Prabhupada's phrase, people who have good intelligence, Sumedasa. Sumedasa can mean very intelligent, or it can mean good, clear, pure intelligence. So both meanings are applicable. people in Kali Yuga have good intelligence, will worship this not black Krishna by performance of Sankirtan Yajna. Generally in Kali Yuga, people do not have much intelligence. Generally, in the material condition, 
That material condition means not intelligence. Because one is covered by lust, material desire, which in Bhagavad Gita Krishna describes as jnana vijnana nashanam, the destroyer of knowledge and wisdom. And especially the demons are described by Krishna in Bhagavad Gita as, as ajnana vimohitaha. They are completely bewildered by ignorance. So superficially they may be intelligent. For instance, in technology, we live in a technological age. It required some intelligence to create this microphone. But that is a misuse of intelligence because the whole exercise of intelligence is based on how to live happily in this world, which is a wrong idea from the very start. Rather, an intelligent person sees major symptom of actual knowledge is to perceive by understanding through disciplic succession that this material world is miserable particularly in the matter of birth, death, old age, and disease. So, in general, people are uh, not intelligent in this material world, but particularly so in Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga, there are so many disadvantages. Prayanal paryusha sabhya kalavas min yugejanaha manda sumanda matayo manda bhagyahi upadrutaha some of the principal symptoms of Kali Yoga are that people have short lifespans in this age. They are manda, which means slow, lazy, stupid. And just to emphasize, they are sumanda, particularly slow, lazy, and stupid. And Sumandamati, their whole outlook, their intelligence, their attitude is, their intelligence is very low and their whole outlook is uh, very demoniac and wicked. They're unfortunate and their mind is always disturbed. There are always so, so many disturbances. So in this Kali Yuga, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has appeared and propagated Sankirtan Yagya. Yagya is generally understood as a, a uh, sacrifice in which various ingredients are offered via the medium of fire, agni. 
transports the offerings that are offered into fire to the Supreme Lord and to the demigods. In this Sankirtan Yagya, it is the Yagya of offering ourselves in glorification of Krishna. Sankirtan. Kirtan means glorification. And properly, Kirtan means Hari Kirtan. We can speak of Kali Kirtan or any other kind of Kirtan. But Hari is Kirtaniya. He is the proper person to be glorified. And others may be glorified in relation to Krishna. Any other kind of glorification is not really glorification. It's not sat. It's not, it's asat. It's a wrong kind of glorification. Just to give an example, if someone is called to Delhi to accept a Bharat Ratna for great contributions to the nation of India, for doing things like people get Bharat Ratnas for what contributions to physics and uh, economics and dance and drama and all this kind of thing. So someone is someone has done great charitable work and they're called to Delhi to get their Bharat Ratna and in the eulogy speech the person giving the speech praising him completely ignores the fact that he's being given the Bharat Ratna for for uh, social work and just say see it was it's, He's dressed so nicely and got a very nice hairstyle and he smiles very nicely and praises him, but that's not the point. He may have various qualities, but the real point is he's not getting the Bharat Ratna for being well-dressed. So we may praise someone, Oh, you're so great. You have revived the industries and this and that. But that's... Or even we may praise a demigod. You're so wonderful. You bless us with knowledge and this and that. But if it's not in relation to Krishna, then it's missing the point. The uh, sages at Naimisharanya, they asked... Sutta Goswami to describe to them topics of Parikshit Maharaj, Yadi Krishna Katashrayam, if it's in relation to Krishna. Otherwise, how Parikshit, of course, Parikshit, by his pure devotion to Krishna, is always thinking of Krishna. But when we discuss about pure devotees, we emphasize this. We don't, we don't, uh, write books and books on how Srila Prabhupada used to brush his teeth 
and what kind of razor blade he used to use. This is not the essence of his personality. We Srila Prabhupada might have been a very a good dresser, expertly brushed his teeth and all these kind of things. But the Swarup Lakshan is that he's a pure, the, the essence of, or the actual reason that we should praise him is because he's a great devotee of Krishna. So, kirtan means to glorify Krishna. Krishna is the properly to be glorified, proper person to glorify. And others may be glorified as much as they are actively, consciously engaged in their relationship with Krishna. And anything else that anyone may do is ultimately not praiseworthy. Even if one is a great social worker, a great economist, had a, recently a Nobel Prize winner for economics, which from India. Ah, oh, how wonderful. But it's all simply babbling means I guess the Hindi word for that would be gapshap, or just talking with no real reason. One in in one lifetime, which is a flick of the fingers, which not very cultured to do that. Flick in the it's a it's a blink in the life of Lord Brahma, and someone in that lifetime, he great economist, great social worker. It's all ultimately meaningless. So kirtan means to glorify Krishna. And sankirtan means samyak kirtan, complete kirtan. That means that kirtan by nature is, Krishna is not lacking in anything. So proper glorification of Krishna means that he who glorifies should know what it means to glorify Krishna. Should be knowledgeable of Krishna. If one thinks that, or if one has a misconception regarding Krishna, then that kirtan is not complete kirtan. That's why we are warned against Nama Aparadas. One may chant the name of Krishna and appear to be absorbed in Krishna Kirtan. But that will not be perfect and complete unless our bhakti is perfect and complete. And our bhakti can never be perfect and complete and it can never actually properly develop at all if from the beginning we don't have a proper conception of who Krishna is, why we should glorify him, how we should glorify him. So, uh, Sankirtan also means in Sangha, with many devotees, Bahubhya Militva Yad Kirtanam Iti Sankirtanam. When many 
devotees join together to chant the holy names of Krishna, that is called Sankirtan. And that is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, principal method of distributing Krishna consciousness. To simply, with his Sangopangastra Parshada, with his associates, uh, weapons, to go among the people and chant the holy names of Krishna. As Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, visualized Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in his Sankirtan Lila in Navadvip, which was only about one year, but uh, it is elaborately described in Sri Chaitanya Bhagavat. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes, Udila Varuna Purabha Bhage Dvijamani Gaura Amani Jage. Just as this Aruna, the, the dawn, appears in the sky, arises in the sky before the sunrise, so in the same way, the jewel among the twice-born, Gaura, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, arises And Bhakata Shamoha Loya Shate Gela Nagarabraji. And taking his, all his associates, many associates, his devotees with him, he would go in the towns and villages with Sankirtan and Totai Totai Bajalo Ko, Ghana Ghana Tahe Janjero, Preme Ghala Ghala, Shunara Anga Charane Nupura Baji with the mridanga making its typical sound and the jaja where's the jaja can you show you all know what that means you have the same word in hindi same word in hindi yeah okay tamil you can translate what you like uh, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dancing, shimmering in ex- in prem, in love of Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dancing, his golden form is quivering in ecstasy, and his ankle bells are sweetly jangling on his feet. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in this way uh, would go among the people of Navadvip and the outlying villages with his devotees and he would request the people to chant Hare Krishna and speak to them some basic uh, philosophy and understanding Jivana Anitya Jana Hasha Tahena Navida Bipotava Nama Shri Kari Jatani Tumi Taka Apana Kanja. He would, for instance, tell them that this life is temporary, you should know this, 
And it's full of many dangers and difficulties. So take shelter of the Holy Name. Go on with your life, doing whatever you're doing, but take shelter of the Holy Name. This is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, principle, preaching method for spreading Krishna consciousness among the people in general. So to the present day, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's followers do this. Uh, Srila Prabhupada brought the Sankirtan movement to the West and uh, not in the very beginning of his movement, but quite near the beginning of this Hare Krishna movement in the Western world, it became the full-time engagement of most of the devotees to simply go on Sankirtan, chanting the holy names of Krishna all day, six days a week. Sunday, what did they do? Rest? No, they they would, while going out chanting the holy names, they would give out flyers inviting people to come on Sunday for a special festival every Sunday in the temple in which they have lots of kirtan and lots of prasadam and talk on philosophy, often dramas also. So they'd have a complete festival every Sunday. And in this way, they attracted more people to join the Sankirtan movement. Uh, And in those early days, while performing Sankirtan in the streets of famous and mostly famous cities. Our movement hadn't spread to the less famous cities, but uh, New York, Los Angeles, San Francisco, London, Sydney, uh, they would distribute Back to Godhead magazines, in which in every edition there was, uh, of course, pictures of Krishna, there would be a beautiful color picture of Srila Prabhupada, and there would also be in every edition a picture, photo, of devotees engaged in Sankirtan, which was the impression that most people have had of the Hare Krishna movement. There are people, mostly young people, who go out in the streets dressed in a manner which is uh, quite different to what was considered normal in the Western world at the time, although today practically anyone can dress any way whatsoever. It's become normal to be unusual or quite common to be unusual. But in those days, for people to dress in dhotis, no one had ever seen or imagined such a thing, and saris were also quite uncommon, and especially it was never thought that any Western women could dress in saris. So uh, there'd be a photo of Srila Prabhupada's disciples chanting in public with an explanation of what is of the meaning of the Hare Krishna mantra. And apart from the devotees looking quite unusual in terms of their dress, uh, which was a cultural, in itself a cultural statement of rejection 
of the of the materialistic norms of Western society or any society. Um, there was also a feature about the devotees which was unusual and completely different from that of materialists in that they were clearly and not artificially extremely happy. And in fact that was one of the first impressions that I had when I first entered the temple of Iskon. I, many impressions, there are all kinds of things that just hit me immediately on entering the temple. The, the whole building was permeated with the fragrance of incense. Uh, the, uh, there were beautiful pictures of Krishna on the walls, so these are all things I appreciated. But maybe the thing that struck me the most was that all the devotees were extremely happy, obviously. It wasn't that they were walking all, smiling all the time, but their faces were radiant with actual happiness. <clears throat> so this uh, chanting in public is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's method of spreading the holy names of Krishna. It's not unique within Indian culture. It was, it was not something exactly new that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu introduced. Uh, we find in various sampradayas, Vaishnav sampradayas, that chanting in public was already there. And in the Western world, I believe it was in the late 19th century, there was something, well, particularly in England, there was a, a movement, Christian movement, started called the Salvation Army, in which the members dressed in uh, uniform resembling military uniform, and they would go in the streets with musical instruments and sing the praises of God. So chanting the holy names in public is not exactly something new, but the way that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu introduced it was uh, new and definitely in the Western world is something very new. So devotees we're very happy to do this and we're still happy to do it because this means uh, sharing the happiness of Krishna consciousness with others and sharing the holy names of Krishna with others. The, the holy name of Krishna is Krishna. Krishna means the Supreme Personality of Godhead in technical, formal language. The name Krishna has many meanings. The meaning that we heard most from Srila Prabhupada is he who is all attractive. Krishna attracts everyone. He, he has all qualities to attract everyone. 
and as Srila Prabhupada would often give the example, we find that some people in this world are very attractive. For instance, if someone is very beautiful, they are attractive. And we find all over the world there are film stars, women and men, both who by their physical features are very attractive. So in India the main ones are who? There used to be big stars, nowadays not so much. Shah Rukh Khan, he's an old man now, but I guess he's still not so old, but still famous. Must be good looking. Females, whoever they may be. Often when I'm in the West, devotees or someone else mention some names. I don't know who they are, but they're supposed to be famous names. And they're surprised that I never heard of them. If someone comes to India and you mention to them Sachin Tendulkar, you may be surprised. They never heard of him. So someone may be very famous. This Shah Rukh Khan, about two years ago, he went to America and they gave him a hard time because his Muslim name and they were interrogating him. In India he's a household name, at least in North India. But in America no one, had ever, at least the immigration officials, hadn't heard of him. So if someone is very beautiful, they're attractive. The only problem, well there are many problems, many, many problems with being attracted to people simply on the basis of beauty. Many, many problems. In fact, when I was young in this lifetime, the uh, famous, most famous actress was called, in North India, was called Rekha. Probably in South, in Tamil, at that time it was Jai Lalita, who's now famous for politics. So this Rekha, eventually some Agawal married her, and you can imagine, there must have been lakhs of men in India who would dream of marrying her. Within a few months he committed suicide. So, beauty isn't all in all. It's not that physical beauty is the... Um, is, if, we, if we associate with someone who's physically very beautiful... That, that is the perfection of our life. In fact, Chanakya Pandit says, Rupavati Bharya Shatru. A beautiful wife is an enemy. And Srila Prabhupada explained that because other men will always try to kidnap her. But, yeah, one problem with beauty is that it doesn't last. And as I sometimes joke, that no one is interested in Rekha nowadays because her, in her face there must be so many Rekhas. Rekha means line. So the beautiful face becomes full of lines and then it's no longer beautiful. Few years ago, In the West, someone showed me a magazine 
in which there were two photos. One was of, there were both photos of Brigitte Bardot, who was ex- an extremely beautiful, famous French actress. So there's one picture of her about the age of 20, in which she was very, very beautiful. And there was another photo of her at that time. This must have been in the 1990s. And this was about 40 years later. And the, the contrast was... Uh, the contrast was marked, and it would be very sad for those who put their hopes in material beauty. But for a spiritualist, it was very revealing as to the nature of beauty in this world. There was one English poet, Keats, his name, so. He said, truth is beauty and beauty is truth. But his conception of beauty is the beauty of this world. So Krishna is beautiful. That point I wanted to come to. Krishna's beauty does not diminish in course of time. Krishna is always beautiful. He is the controller of time. He is not controlled by time. He appears within this world within a certain time frame by his own choice. We are compelled by time. We do not choose when or where we are born or whether we have a beautiful body or a strong body or a deformed body. We are completely under the control of time. Nor can we control when we shall die. At any time, anything can happen. We are under the, we are controlled by time despite our protestations of being independent. But Krishna is the controller of time. Krishna is never subject to birth, death, old age or disease. Krishna's beauty is, not only is it not diminished by time, but it is ever increasing. So Krishna is all beautiful, therefore he's very attractive. Someone in this world, by their ephemeral, superficial beauty, is very attractive. So Krishna's actual beauty is very attractive. So, uh, Aishvarya, someone who is very wealthy, is attractive. The wealthy people of the world are well known. Here in India, the name of the most wealthy people, they're all well known. The, at least the, the names. Tata, Biela. Oh, that reminds me, Biela. Ah, yeah, this is important. Going completely off this subject here. Uh, one Mataji came to me this afternoon and told me that where Prabhupada stayed here in Rishikesh, she'd found out that place. It's, uh, it's called Ganga Darshan. It's near to uh, Gita Bhavan number one. It's Biela guest house. It's their own private guest house. So it's locked all the time. Only when members, it's for the private means, it's not for their company members, it's for their own family members. So it's locked all the time, but we should, 
we should try and tomorrow we can go for Harinam there and uh, we can maybe get it opened and we can take darshan of where Prabhupada stayed. So to do that, we should contact Mataji. He must know who's got the key and everything. Okay, let's get back to the subject, what I was talking about. That's important. So, please remember that. So, uh, yeah, wealthy people, Tata, Biela, Hinduja, Ambani, now this uh, Premji in Bangalore, Wipro, then uh, Narayan Murti, these are all wealthy, powerful, influential people. And probably the politicians, the leading politicians are as wealthy as them, but they're not allowed to show it. They have to pretend they're less wealthy than they actually are. Uh, so, just by the very fact that they're wealthy, they are important people. And that's there in the Western world also, everywhere. The wealthy families for generations, uh, Rothschilds, Rockefellers, and uh, in the recent times, this uh, Bill, Bill Gates. He became very wealthy. So the fact that they're wealthy, that in itself is something attractive. For good reasons or bad reasons, people, when they become wealthy, they become in the eyes of others attractive. But again, it's temporary. They won't remain wealthy very long. We come in this world with nothing, we leave with nothing in terms of wealth. Of course, you can be born in a wealthy family. So in that sense, you could say you're born into wealth. But certainly when we die, we can't take anything with us. We only take with us the good and bad effects of our activities. And of course, if we practice Krishna consciousness, that goes with us also. So wealth, Aishvarya, Sesamagrasya, Krishna has all wealth. The wealthy people of this world, actually nothing really belongs to them. Everything belongs to Krishna. Krishna is the most wealthy. So in, in that way, Krishna is also attractive. Krishna is the most powerful. There are different kinds of power. There's physical power. Someone can be a boxing champion. I haven't been following boxing for many years. Uh, but in those years before I, Srila Prabhupada picked me up, there were, well, the most famous boxer in the world was, a, he's still alive. His name was Cassius Clay. Then he became a Muslim and his name became Muhammad Ali. So they're probably, in the world today, there are probably a few million Muhammad Ali's. It's maybe the most common name in Islam. But he was very famous. Uh, he's quite a personality in himself, but he became famous not for being a uh, very interesting personality, very lively personality, but he became famous as a boxing champion. And there were others, Sonny Liston and Joe Frazier and others, I can't remember, Henry Cooper in England. 
So they became famous for their ability to punch people better than other people could punch them. So, of course, it's not just strength. There's technique also. Muhammad Ali was more technique than strength. Anyway, you don't have to know about him. So that's one kind of power. There's also political power. Uh, Barack Obama is the, as you all probably know, is the President of the United States of America. And at least superficially, he's a very powerful person. Not physically. I think he's physically his stature is quite diminutive, which is uh, a polite way of saying that he's uh, a weakling. Uh, but he's very powerful politically. So people are attracted to him. If, if he were to come to Rishikesh and give a speech, uh, well, maybe here they wouldn't be so much interested here because here is a spiritual center. But generally wherever politically powerful people go, there are big crowds who assemble. They're attracted. People are attracted to Narendra Modi. He's, uh, he's a good speaker, so we're told. He's, and he shouts a lot and this and that. So he's a good speaker, but people, good or unaccomplished speaker. So, <clears throat> People go to see him not just because he's a good speaker, but because he's very powerful politically. So power is something which is attractive. People, he's attractive. When we say attractive, people are attracted to go and see him, Narendra Modi. But again, like everything else in this world, his power is very small, even if one is the head, the political head of the United States of America, the United States of America is one country in one planet, in a, so many planets in the universe, one, one tiny universe, there are so many universes, and it's temporary. Here in India, if I say some of the names of the pre, Prime Minister, people have been Prime Ministers during the time I've lived in India. Most of the young people, they never heard of them. Some, I mean some of them, but they don't know the name of Deve Gauda, Chandrasekhar, even Narasim Rao was not so long ago. If they're from AP, they know, otherwise they don't know. So, this power is very limited and very temporary, but Krishna is all attractive because his power is unlimited in all respects. It's also not limited by time. Prime ministers come and go, but Krishna is always all-powerful. So, somehow or other, if someone becomes famous, they become attractive. There was someone who ate a motor car to get his name in the Guinness Book of Records. How can you eat a motor car? 
Well, you can grind it into dust. It's a colossal waste of money, seeing as a motor car itself costs money, and to grind it into dust costs money. And you take a little bit every day, so you don't get too much poisoned all at once. And then after several years, you can say, I ate a motor car. Then you get your name in the Guinness Book of Records. And wherever you go, you can tell people, my name's in the Guinness Book of Records. <gasps> it's famous. It's completely, I mean, even materially speaking, it's completely useless. I mean, everything materially speaking is useless, but just like in communism, all all humans are equal, and but some are more equal than others. So, in this material world, everything is useless, but some things are more useless than others. Useless means zero, but something is more zero. But uh, Krishna is famous. Why is he famous? Everything about him is praiseworthy. Everything about him is sweet. Everything about him is attractive. Yang Brahma, Varunendra, Rudra, Maratastundanti, Divyaistavair, all the great demigods, they praise Krishna. Vedo, Sango, Panishadai, Gayanti, Yang Samagaha, all the Vedas glorify him. The perfect yogis, by the perfection, who achieve perfection in meditation, uh, or that is their goal, to see him. So we offer our obeisance to that personality who is most famous, and whose glories cannot be fathomed even by the great demigods or even by the great demons. So Krishna is the most famous, the most beautiful, he's the most renounced. He owns everything, he controls everything, but he's not attached to anything. So Krishna is the most attractive. Renunciation is also one attractive feature. If someone has everything... But at the same time, he's not uh, controlled by that, or he's not bemused by that. That's very attractive. If someone is very powerful, but at the same time, they're not, uh, it doesn't go to their head. They're, they're not proud of that, they don't think there's something very special. How do you say that in Hindi? Gone to their head. Atma is there in Gita. How do you say that in Hindi? Where you just think, I'm so great, I'm so wonderful. Ishvaro ham ham bhogi, siddho ham balavan suki. There must be some saying like that. It's gone to your head means mata karap ho gaya. Aapne aapko? Kya? Aapne aapko? 
Baramante. You can, I don't know. Huh? Anyway. Gone to hell. Go to Narak Major. Baha. Yeah? Anyway, tell me later. It's not supposed to be a Hindi lesson. So, Krishna, despite being the Supreme Personality of Godhead, uh, he's a very nice person. Often, people have this experience that they have their hero, but when... They, and they think, I'd so much like to meet them. But when they meet them, the person doesn't care for them at all. Mukunda Goswami mentioned this, that he had met many rock stars and he thought, oh, what great people. When he met them, he thought, they're not so. They're just a bunch of useless people. And in one Back to Godhead, there's, there's a... Uh, one devotee narrates how when he was a university student, there was a convention of senators in his university. So he thought, oh, this is very nice, I'll meet them. And then you see, as a student, I'm concerned about the future of our country. I can discuss with them. So he met one senator, he's coming out of the meeting, and he met him, and uh, the senator said, I'm a Johnson Democrat, that's all you have to know about me. That's whatever he says, I follow, that's all. So don't bother me, I'm going to the bar. He didn't want to talk. The student thought, I'll talk with this senator and we'll discuss some things about how we can benefit our country. The senator wasn't at all interested. But Krishna has time for everyone. And he actually, he, he actually loves everyone and cares for everyone and he's capable of doing so. However much a politician might present himself as an Am Admi, he's not an Am Admi. He's not a common person. He can't deal with everyone. Chai Par Charcha, that's another one. But how many people can you have Charcha with over Chai? You can't talk with 20,000 people, personally, all at once. But Krishna can and does. Krishna, as much as we give ourselves to Krishna, Krishna gives himself to us and more. Krishna's got much more to give us than we can give him. So Krishna is all attractive. And Krishna's name is non-different from Krishna. So when we chant the holy name of Krishna, we become infused with Krishna consciousness. And we naturally become happy. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to bring the happiness of Krishna consciousness to the suffering people of this world. And he did so by various means among which the prime means is to simply go among the people and chant the holy names of Krishna. And e people, even without knowing any philosophy, they can understand that this is not just some people going and singing. Yesterday there, 
we heard some political chanting. I presumed it was. It was something Zindabad and Hai Hai and all this kind of polit- It sounded absolutely demonic. Zindabad, Zindabad. Completely demoniac sound. <laughs> Be careful of my voice. So the, the whole tone was one of, like, we're, we're showing our rights and we're strong and we're powerful. Completely demoniac. But in Krishna consciousness, chanting the names of Krishna means to, that we submit ourselves as the humble servant of Krishna. So everyone can understand, even if, even if they've never seen devotees or heard of devotees, they can understand that this is this is not something mundane. This is not just some people who... There, there are many uh, sadhus here and uh, many westerners come and take drugs and they may be going around intoxicated. This is not on that low level. It's very high level. It's something from beyond this world altogether. And people, unless they are actually quite demoniac by nature they actually appreciate they like it they may not know or be able to say why they like it but they feel attracted because Krishna is attractive so in this Krishna conscious movement there are many uh, programs to try to reawaken the dormant Krishna consciousness in everyone Distributing books is a major program. Uh, having temples in which people can come and appreciate the atmosphere of Krishna consciousness. Uh, this chanting of the holy names of Krishna in public is the original program given by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And uh, we should all participate in this uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu did it personally. Srila Prabhupada's followers in the early days of the movement did it full-time. It was a full-time engagement. Later on, Srila Prabhupada's order, the emphasis was switched to another kind of Sankirtan, book distribution. But uh, this Harinama Sankirtan should not be forgotten in our Busyness in distributing books, writing books, constructing temples. Harinama Sankirtan is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's personal program for attracting people to the all-attractive Krishna. So, uh, now we're all going out, I hope, we're all going out for Harinama Sankirtan. This will please the Yagya Purush, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And we shall also become happy. And others will become happy by this process of Harinama Sankirtan. So we have quite a large group. Even if you're a small group, you can do. There are People in India today, who maybe not even in Iskon, but they go out daily on Harinam Sankirtan alone. That one uh, 
One place we went to in North Gujarat, Visnaga was it? Valam? Valam, I think. We met one man who small town in North Gujarat and one man every day for the last more than 20 years he goes out every morning, three o'clock in the morning chanting the names of Krishna. So there are such people people who know and appreciate the value of them. Every day means in the rainy season, in the cold season he's out there chanting. So let us also do so. Srila Prabhupada had among his many, many programs for spreading Krishna consciousness, one of them in India was uh, importing elephants. So why should you import elephants to India? It means he called the Western devotees dancing white elephants. White elephants are also attractive because there's something unusual. So, the Western devotees, even today, in the Kirtan, it's a, an attractive feature. So, we, we invite all the Indian elephants and the white elephants to join together to fulfill Bhaktivinoda Thakur's desire that the, he said, the Russian, the Prussian, the English, the Americans, the French, will join with the Indian devotees and come together and chant the holy names. So let's do that. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare. Hare Rama. Hare Rama. Rama Rama. Hare Hare.